If you would, please turn in your Bibles to Revelations chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. Revelations 3, 14 through 20. We often don't realize when we walk in that door, the, the holiness that comes over us. And I know that there's a peace when I'm in the presence of the Lord. And I'm so thankful that this morning that I can sing a song. And I know that I can praise God. And I know the peace that passeth all understanding that gives me and sustains me in the time when I need Him the most. Thank God that during those times that I haven't just stood on the other side of that door and kept it closed, that I can go to Him and that as He knocks and says, Todd, here I am to pick you up and to lift you up, that He's there to encourage me. As we read in Revelation chapter 3, you're going to notice here, these letters are to the church. The seven churches of Asia, it speaks to each of them and with each church he addresses a particular problem. I'm not going to go through each verse for sake of time, but I'll just paraphrase it for you. Chapter 2, verse 1, Ephesus. They departed. They had left their first love. Then the church of Smyrna in chapter 2, verse 8. Where was the suffering church? How about chapter 2, verse 12, Pergamos? It was the defiled church. They allowed false doctrine in their church. Thyatira, which was in chapter 2, verse 18. They were the worldly church. They allowed immorality. Chapter 3, verse 1 was the church of Sardis. It was a dead church. Kind of like the modern day church. It was raised a Baptist boy and actually put in there for the modern day Baptist. It saddens me that I see churches dying. You know, yesterday, did anybody see that on, uh, on the, the web? I always like looking at the news and some of the banners they put up. Churches by the dozens are in foreclosure. Isn't that amazing? Such a shame. We've lost our focus. We need to keep a vision fresh in our mind. Chapter 3, verse 7 says it was the church of Philadelphia. They were a very, very weak church. And then chapter 3, verse 14. The church of Laodicea. This was... The lukewarm church. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art not, neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm... And neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. Isn't that amazing? He wants a relationship with you. He wants to sit down and have dinner with you. He wants to have lunch with you. He wants to sup with you. He wants to have fellowship with you. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame. And him sit down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. You know, when I think of this, it's very difficult because I've got to tell you guys something. I have eight pages here. <laughs> You're like, wow, preacher. But, you know, I can't, I, I don't know. I, I went to the Lord last night and, and I was trying to put all this together and I, I put all my thoughts together on paper and, and I was just kind of like broken. I ran into a pastor last night at Acme and it kind of reminded me of the churches today. I don't think we realize just how sick some of the churches are. We've lost our focus, people. And all God says here is, listen, I just want to be a part of your life. I want to make a difference. As this pastor's talking to me and he runs a very, very small congregation. And he's blinded. He doesn't see that his church is just dead. And I'm going to tell you something that really moves me within this scripture. And I could probably preach on this. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. How many of you would say, I love that the Spirit of God is rich in my life? Can you say amen? We all want the Spirit of God rich, and we want Him to be alive in our lives. You see, these churches, and this church's problem, the church of Laodicea, was that of compromise. It wasn't hot or cold, it was just lukewarm. If you were to study the text, you would find that Jesus spoke no good words to this church, only words of rebuke and condemnation. Verse 16, you guys saw it. He says, I will do what? I will spew you. I will vomit you right out of my mouth. You go down to verse 20. Here we find the church's main problem. Jesus is on the outside of the church and was not welcomed in. We see this today in many of the churches across America. Everyone talks about God and doing good, but they never mention anything about Jesus Christ or the old rugged cross or nail-scarred hands and Jesus has been left outside the church. But then, there's another application I want you to see this morning. This verse here in Revelation 3.20, I believe, paints a wonderful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ outside the heart's door of mankind. Knocking and wanting to come in. Years ago, a man by the name of Holman Hunt, he painted this picture on a piece of canvas and you could see it, Jesus standing at the door. Someone came by and said, Sir, you forgot to put a handle on the outside of the door. Mr. Hunt said, This door only has a handle on the inside. And you are the only one who can open it. As I prepared this message, I thought, What a marvelous picture this is. The Creator knocking on the door of the created. 
The infinite knocking on the door of the finite. The almighty knocking on the door of the frail. The loving knocking on the door of the selfish and of the hateful. The crucified knocking on the door of those who crucified Him. Dear friend, in all the world, there's not a more beautiful picture than this of the Lord Jesus knocking on the heart's door. Let me say as we go into the message today, Jesus is still knocking at the hearts of the lost and those who are off into a life of sin. Let's pray. Father, this morning I come to you and, and I'm honored, and Lord, to bring your word. Father, what it must have been like for John to be on the island of Patmos, to be in a secluded area, being able to see the problems from a distance, not being able to be able to, to make a difference and a change. But Father, we know that you can make a change. So, Father, this morning, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. And, Father, may we move forward in prayer. Lord, may we understand that prayer is communication with God. And, Lord, we need to communicate our fervent love to you. This morning, Father, help me as I express your word. And help your children, help your people take God's word and be able to apply it to their lives in a way, Father, that only you can do the work. So allow the Spirit of God to be rich and real in their lives. In your name I pray. Amen. Maybe you look back this week or in your daily life and you've seen where God has actually knocked. But you just never answered the door. Maybe God wanted you to do something, learn something, get rid of something, but you never answered the door. You may say, preacher, that may be going too far. How far is going too far? I don't know. But I know how far, far enough is. It's when God gets the glory from every part of our lives, that is far enough. God is the knocker, the standard, the one who wants to come in and have fellowship with me and you. But we have to open up the door. He will never push it open, knock it down, but He will knock. So why don't people answer the door? People don't answer the door because, one, they don't hear. Some people come in and sit week after week and never get anything from the service. They don't hear. You heard what the Scripture says here. He that had an ear, let him hear what the what? The what? The Spirit has to say. Entangled with the fears of life, people are just too busy. Some are so preoccupied with life that they left them outside of the church. They never hear what's going on inside. People can get so busy that they will never be about to do anything for God. Too much noise in their life, they can't hear the knock. When you come, you sit down and you relax. Get in line with the Spirit of God. Put your mind on what Jesus did and will do and what's going on here. You need to let go and let God. Let go of the world. He's too far away. Psalms t chapter 10 verse 1 says, Why standest thou 
afar off. <coughs> o Lord, excuse me, why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? Some are even like Peter was, following afar off. Mark fourteen fifty four says, And Peter followed him afar off, even into the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warned himself at the fire. Something happened in life and they found themselves far away from God. God never moved. Lots of times, we've moved. And we need to allow God to be there. Be present. In our life. People get things in their lives like envy, malice, mistrust, jealousy. Just plain sin. Before long those things have them so far away they can't hear the knock. Maybe you're too deaf. Maybe you have a seared conscience they can't hear. It's been, you know, seared over and over and over and over. And you just can't hear. What can they do? Let God come in and cut away and everything that is not supposed to be there for some sin in their life. You guys know the story about the adulterous woman. John chapter 8 verse 9 says, And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. I think sometimes our focus is so way off that we don't hear the knock at the door. We're not receptive to God doing a work in our life. Isn't it amazing? Here was the high priest. You're going to see it when we do the thorn. Here's the adulterous woman. They're going after her and they're throwing stones at her. Isn't that amazing? I think sometimes in our Christian life we do the same thing with other Christians. You know, I find it very moving for me sometimes because I think, isn't it amazing how we as Christians... We'll sit there and say, you know, I'm a Christian and we're proud of when we need to use it to our benefit. But when we need to use it for his benefit and for his glory, we don't want to tell people we're a Christian. Because see, Christian means Christ-likeness. But we're the first to cast a stone. And, and we're the first to judge. And we're the first to put somebody down instead of uplift them and encourage them. It says there, you know what? Even as the high priest came and they were condemning and they were judging that adulterous woman. That's kind of like us. We do the same thing. We lose our focus. We lose our perspective because we're so busy judging. How about loving? How about listening? For the knock. When God says, you know what, I'd like to do a work in and through you with this individual or that individual or that individual or that individual. But I can't because see your focus just isn't where it should be. And God wants to do a work in and through your lives. I think it's exciting. I think as husbands and wives and as, you know, as young adults and as teenagers, man, God can do a work in and through you. He answers prayer. And He wants to answer prayer in your lives. If you'll allow Him to and you'll communicate with Him. And you know what? If you'll open up your heart's door to Him so that He can come in and dine with you and sup with you and have a what? A relationship with you. He loves you and He cares for you. Sometimes we're just too deaf because we justify sin. Titus 1.15 says, Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They're being deceptive with the truth. 
First Timothy chapter 4, 2 says, Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Friends, these things will cause you not to be able to hear God knocking. It says in verse 15, For I know thy works, that thou art neither cold or hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. God knows what He's doing and God is going and He knows what's going on in our lives. He wants to fix what's wrong. I'm going to tell you something. When I look at this first, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the church there of Laodicea. They had to have, they didn't have like running water and so forth and so they had to get it from an aqueduct and the water came running down and as it came running down and through the, the valley, that's why they used the reference and we've all heard it. You know, and we've used it to our benefit. Isn't it funny how we've used this verse? You know what? I'm just going to tell you right now. God wants you for him or against him because if you're in the middle, he wants you to, he, it makes him sick. He just wants to spew you. He wants to vomit. But you know why they used that illustration? Because the church had lost their focus. So here's what happened. The water comes down through and then they have to purify the water and so on and so forth. And I got to tell you something. How many of you guys know that your pastor hates water? Okay, I do. Just thought I'd tell you. There's only a little bit in here. I've had like five drinks of this, but you know what I'm doing? I'm up here sipping it because it's disgusting. I just thought I'd tell you. I need my Mio so I can squirt some in there and, you know, make her flavored. I'm a, hey, I was a boy that was raised on Kool-Aid. All right, I like my Kool-Aid. All right. And so I, I like my Kool-Aid and my water, but for some reason, it's just like I'm choking, trying to get that water down. But I want you guys to know that I finally made it one month and a half. See, I, I've, but last night I had some temptation. Pop was drawing me to a glass with ice. I love Pepsi with ice. Just delicious. But I finally realized at 41, my body just is not accepting it too well any longer. So you know what? I figured I need to change. And thankfully enough, my wife has, she's been on my case for like 25 years that we've been together. You need to drink water, Todd. And she teaches all of our daughters, you know, they all drink water. They love water instead of getting pop, you know. And so I'm very proud of my wife. And I just, and there's good old dad with his glass of pop at the restaurant. But I made it. I just want you to know when I was at Acme last night, it took all I had to go buy that Pepsi aisle. Because, you know what, I love Pepsi. But I just want you to know that I'm now a water drinker and a Mio drinker, really. Get a little water, put some lemon in there. That was just an advertisement. But anyhow, I can't stand it even lukewarm. And the reason why I'm giving you this illustration is this has to be ice cold for me to drink it. And I have to have, you know, it has to be a hot day and then I can gulp some water down. But And I'm really proud of you that can. But here's the church of Laodicea. Here's, the water's coming down and he said, you know what, here's what it's like. If you don't get your life right, God's going to compare you to the water that comes down right through the city. It's disgusting, and you as a Christian are lukewarm. He said, you know what? They used hot water to, to get the, the germs and so forth out. And so, uh, Mio, if you do not know what Mio is, I'd like you to purchase some. <laughs> you put this in your water, and it makes for a great taste. See, my wife keeps it in her purse because she knows I need it. Maybe I need to just put some in that water. Because it would be gone by now. But you know what? We have to realize that, you know what? We're not a great tasting Mio in the relationship with Christ. And we as Christians, if we lose our focus, 
in church and we lose our focus in life as a Christian, God cannot do a work in us. We have got to stay focused. We lose our focus because of obstacles in life. You heard me say it in the very beginning. The church, not just singular, but seven churches lost their focus and their vision for the Savior. We need to get back on course and love God. Sometimes we hinder it because of our association. Isn't it amazing? You are who you hang with. I think sometimes, and and, and I mean this, people will say, no, I'm a leader. I know I'm a leader. And I'm going to lead. And that, you know what? Even though those guys are drinking beer and smoking pot and, you know, cussing and having a good old time, I'm not going to do that. Well, let me just tell you a little something. There's very few that have ever made it through that fire. Because you better be in the Word and you better be strong. Because I'll tell you right now, ready for this? If you're in God's Word and you're in prayer, you're not going to be around that mess. Light can't have fellowship with darkness. Hello? It's your wake-up call. That's the reality. Be careful who your associations are. The church wanted to associate with immorality, with fornication, with adultery, and idolatry. They lost their strength. Man, isn't it exciting to see what God's doing? It's great to see Pat and Cindy accept Christ as their Savior last month. And then Allie to walk the aisle two weeks ago and accept Christ. Hallelujah! That's what this Bible teaches. It's not what man has to say. That's why we're here today. Because I want to be associated with the people that love God. You see, when I come to church, I'm going to be a part of this group and this family that loves to serve and worship the same God I do. Isn't it great to stand up here? I will serve thee because I love thee. You've given life to me. That's amazing. But we hinder our fellowship with Him because of our association. Sometimes I think we get too excited. I really do. I think that we get so excited that we lose our perspective. How many have said you've been to a conference and you get these books? And I'm guilty of it. All of a sudden you go to this conference and, you know, Joe somebody says, I want you to buy this book because now I've got this testimony and I can share it with everybody. And, you know, there was victory with me because I'm Joe somebody. And we go, wow, I want to be Joe somebody. And so you run out there, you buy Joe somebody's book, and you're all excited. Woo! And you just continue to keep reading it and reading it and reading it. Before long, you find three months later, you're doing what? You haven't even picked up God's word. Because now we're so engrossed and involved with Joe somebody that now I've become a nobody in my relationship with Christ. This morning, if you're not praying and you're not daily in His Word, may I encourage you to do just that. Because it's fun to be in God's Word. It's exciting. And on top of that, it is enriching to be able to have Him a part of our lives. Don't hide any longer in the shadows. Allow God to do something. I'm not saying that there's some great books out there. I'm reading a book right now, How to Pastor Men. It's phenomenal. It gives statistics and everything. But I haven't made that my focus. You've got to be careful. 
where you put your focus. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. People will not take time to be still and know who God is. God wants to be real in your life. Excitement is great. It's blessed as long as we can still hear the knock of what he wants us to do. A fellow once asked a pastor what had happened to a brother preacher. He said the guy, when he fell, he hit hard. Boom! The pastor said, let that be a lesson to you. Don't lose the fellowship with God. Because you'll hit hard. And it won't be good. Too weak to get to the door. Galatians 6, 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Maybe if you would answer the door, you could carry a few to the door yourself. We need to be concerned. Be careful for those that have fallen around you. We have to do our part. Sometimes it's just not enough. I understand that. But be very careful. Help the weak to get to the door. I love the, the illustration. This is a great story. And it says there were two monks. who was going to a monastery and a bad snowstorm came up. They came across a traveler who had fallen and was helpless. One monk said, let him alone. His fate has dealt with him. The other monk loaded him on his shoulders and carried him. The weight slowed him down and the other monk went on. Almost to the monastery, the monk carrying the fellow tripped on something. The other monk had froze to death. But the monk carrying the fellow had kept warm by the body heat generated by carrying this fellow. Isn't that amazing? He was asked afterward what was the most tragic thing he has seen. And he thought of that and said, not having a burden to bear. Hmm. Now, are you wanting to be a better Christian or just want to be saved and that's it? There is more to this thing than just being saved. It says here, as I, as I move forward to close, and I won't, won't keep you going, God's untiring patience. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Can you hit the air for me, please? Thank you. I believe God who made man's heart for himself and who sees from the beginning to the end knows of the tragedy that will follow when a man, woman, boy, or girl closes their heart's door and will not let him in. Don't let it pass you by. God wants to be there. He's not going to grow tired. He's not going to get impatient. He's going to stand and knock and knock and knock. Sometimes He knocks through tragedy or financial loss, through sickness or death. Whatever the case, Jesus stands there persistently knocking at your door. Jesus wants you to respond to His voice today. He wants you to react upon his voice today. Psalms 95, verse 7 and 8 says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. Then it says this, God's universal plea. Here's what he says to you, if any man, glory to God for that, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. This phrase here, if any man, is like the word, whosoever that is found elsewhere in the Word of God. If you are here today and you are not sure that heaven is your home, you can take this verse and put your name in there. You're the man. God's standing at the door because He wants you to know who He is. 
He wants you to have a relationship with Him. He wants you to come in. And let me tell you something. If you've never believed on the name of the Son of God and you've never accepted Him as Lord and Savior, today's the day of salvation. He's not grown weary. He's still standing. And He's waiting patiently for you. How many times has Jesus been knocking on your heart's door but you refuse to listen? Sad to say, there are a lot of people who have have the idea that receiving Christ as their Savior would mean a loss of joy. You'd have to live like a monk in a monastery. Well, none of that is true. I have more fun and more joy now that I'm a Christian than I could ever had before. I accepted Christ when I was nine years of age. So I don't know what I'm really missing out on because I've loved my life. God's been good to me. Let me tell you something. I, I put on my website today, church. Excited to be there. Going to a place where we're all sinners, praising our Savior. Are you going to church today? If not, I'd like to invite you to our church. Let me tell you something. A man wrote on there, I've had problems with the church. Well, praise God, so have I. But I haven't had problems with my Savior. Quit making others your focus. Get excited. Would you say this with me? Amen. That was delayed. <laughs> but you know what? Isn't it great to say amen like that? So let it be true. So let it be so is what amen means. We have to show excitement. If I didn't show excitement about the Lord, then nobody would come to Christ. He wants you excited and He wants to be real and He wants to do miracles in your life. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore your marriage. He wants to restore relationships. He wants to restore your life back to its previous order. Watch it, Taylor. And so at that point, God wants to restore you where you're at. God's gentle persistence. If any man hear my voice, You would think that Jesus would have said, if any man hear me knocking on the door, but he does not. He says, if any man hear my voice, he's crying out to you. Matthew 9, 13 says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And then last, listen, he is standing at the door. How many of you have heard the voice of God? How many of you have ever heard in your life? Go ahead. Isn't it awesome? Isn't it great when God just speaks to you? Isn't it amazing? God wants to do that in your life. And if I as a pastor can motivate you to have a deeper relationship with Him, man, that that is the premise to all of our life. Walk with Him. Because God's going to take us home. And there's an appointed time for all of us. And that's what the Bible says. That's when we'll be in heaven. Here's your personal decision. He says, if any man hear my voice and will open the door. My friend, receiving Christ is not a process. It's not getting baptized. It's not catechism. There's only one condition that needs to be met, and that is that by faith you open your heart's door and ask Him to come in. He will come in no other way. My friend, God will not kick down the door and barge His way into your life. It is a personal decision that you have to make. Your preacher can't make that decision for you. Neither can your parents, your husband or wife. It's something that you have to do. Many people believe that being saved is joining a church, getting baptized, doing good works, but none of those things have anything to do with being born again. 
Listen, if you've been coming to this church week after week after week after week and you've never made a personal decision, I'm going to tell you this. That's where your relationship starts with your Savior. Don't let all those things that I say hinder you from your walk with Him. Man, grab a hold of His Word. Grow in His Word. Grow as Christians. Grow as family. Grow as a church family. And let God start to do a work in your life. He wants to do that. We miss it. We falter. We fail. We trip. Isn't it, isn't it a shame? And a man writes on my Facebook page, well, I've had problems with church, so I'm not going. Well, guess what, brother? God's holding you accountable. And then another thing, he's still knocking at your door. Just because you've lost sight and you've lost heart and you've fainted and you've gotten a deaf ear doesn't mean God has. He still loves you. And he still is there begging and pleading for a deeper relationship with you. This morning, I know the people that are in this room and some I don't know. But I'm going to tell you, the majority I do. And maybe you've been struggling in your life and you just said, you know what, my prayer life is lacking. Maybe I haven't sought him out. Maybe I haven't asked. Maybe I haven't even knocked. But here on the flip side, here's the the great reward of all. Jesus is. He's knocking. And now he's asking, seeking you out. He already died for you. He shed his blood upon Calvary to give you the hope of eternity. You know, I'm going to be gone next week. We'll be gone for a week. We're going to on vacation, taking the girls to Disney. But I've got to tell you this. I'm going to miss preaching because I love God's Word. You know what I love more than getting up here preaching? I love studying it before I even get here. Because there's so much information I just want to give you that I can't give you because it's sake of time. I finally realized yesterday I was watching Whitney Houston's funeral. Just thought I'd tell you. I thought, it's Victoria goes, Dad, are you really sitting there for an hour and a half watching that? I said, honey, it says three and a half hours was the service. Three and a half hours. Tyler Perry was there. B.B. and C.C. Winans were there. One of the Winans brothers preached the, the sermon. You know what? She had an addiction. She had a hang-up. She had a hurt. She had a severe habit. But let me tell you something. The grace of God was with her. And every person that got up from Tyler Perry to, um, oh, what's his name, that black preacher? T.D. Jakes. From Jesse Jackson. They were all there on the platform. It sure beat what I saw with Michael Jackson. I never even saw Michael Jackson's funeral, but i got to tell you this much. They had like 25,000 people in the arena for Michael Jackson. But praise God, this woman might have had a problem. And do you know what that church was called? New Hope Baptist. I thought that was kind of cool. I knew I was drawn to that website for some reason. But I just want you to know this morning that even though in her life she suffered with some hang-ups, the grace of God was still with her. And every testimony that got up said, you know what, we know about her. She always said, trust in God, believe in Him. Isn't it amazing? We never know what path God's going to take us down. But I will tell you this. He never left her. He never forsook her. He was always there with her. And that church service went on for three and a half hours. 
How about we just preach for another hour and a half? Would we be able to make it? Probably not. You're right. The, the, the meat in the crock pot would probably burn and dry up and you go home to a house full of smoke. But you know what? Let's not limit God. Let's not limit God. He's standing at the door. He wants to do something miraculous in your life. God wants to do a work. Will you let him? Let me hear you say amen. 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 Let God do a work in through you today. Let's all stand. And Lucas is... Before I go to the Lord in prayer, I want to sing I Can Only Imagine. If you'll find that, and, and we're going to change it up this morning. And before we do that, I want God to speak to you. And I'm going to have Luke put up on the screen. It's called IgniteYourWalk.org. It's a wonderful website about igniting your walk. And I told you last week that there was a... I, I received texts how... The Father communicates with me. I want you to get on there and sign up. It's called IgniteYourWalk.com. You go to that website, you put your name in, put your, your cell phone number in, and it will encourage you twice a day as God will encourage you. And, and in the midst of my day, sometimes I think you haven't forgotten about me. But it's always scripturally based, scripturally bound, and it just really, I'll, I'll tell you something, it motivates me. Sometimes right when I need it. Luke, you could shut the ear off for those that are freezing to death. But I want you to know God loves you. And He's always there, ready to open up that door. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? If you do not know, there's Pastor Jerry standing right down here. I want you to walk over to him. When I start to pray, every head will be bowed and every eye will be closed. If you don't know who Christ is your Savior, you walk over there to that man and you say, I need to know today. Show me from the Bible how to be saved. I'm not going to leave this place and go out there and die and be in the pits of hell because I never knew who Christ was. Maybe you need baptized. Maybe it's for church membership. More than anything, maybe you just need a deeper relationship, Christian. This altar calls for you. This invitation is for you. And God wants to do a life and He wants to do a work in and through your life. Father, we come to You today. And Father, we, just, we praise You that we have this great opportunity to, to stand at the door. And Lord, we always hear Your voice, but sometimes we just don't allow You to do that work and have a deeper relationship. But Lord, we open up that door and we, we just pray that, Father, You will do a work. And Lord, that You'll make Yourself real. Lord, I know that when I walk into your presence, I walk into holy ground. When I'm in your presence, there's peace that passeth all understanding. And Father, today I pray that you'll bestow your peace upon your people. Lord, help us this week. Encourage us to live our life in Christ. Not just a religious experience, but know that we've been encouraged and uplifted through your word. Father, may we not lose sight as a church and realize that we must win souls for Christ. May we not become slothful and wearisome and weak. Father, may we not allow sin and immorality to come in to the church. But Father, may we keep your church, your bride, pure in your sight. Father, bless your church and bless your people. I know this song says, I can only imagine what it would be like to stand in your presence this morning. Help us to imagine what it would be like. In your name we pray. Amen.